Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Does anybody in the place today like want a blessing from God? Come on, is anybody just, don't be shy. If you don't raise your hand, then we're, we may think that you don't want the blessing. It'll just pass you over, okay? So like look at someone right now and say, like a neighbor, and just tell them, you look like you need a blessing. Come on, tell them right now and just say, they look like they need a blessing. You got it. You told them. Now just grab your wallet and pull out 20 bucks and give them $20, okay? There's their blessing. So hey, God uses us. Listen, God uses us to be a blessing to other people. A lot of times we're pursuing God's blessing. We're wanting to uh, receive all of God's blessing, uh, but we don't realize that sometimes God is blessing us so that we can bless others, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, a number of years ago, I was just, I remember uh, being on staff at a church. I was serving in Michigan and being on staff at a church, and uh, through like a series of like events and I just had this string in my life. Have you ever been out at a eat at a restaurant or at a store and something's just happened where you've gotten the free, your meal has gotten, has been comped and it's been for free. Like they messed something up, but it was minor. And then they're just like, hey, we're going to take care of that for you. Uh, or you go to the store and you're like, hey, you're the hundredth customer today. Like we're giving away this and boom, that happens. Now, I went through a string a number of years ago where uh, I would, that, that happened to me probably about 10 times in the course of two months. Now, it became legendary with my friends. As I was serving on staff at this church and had other pastors and friends, we would go to lunch sometimes, and it would happen when we were at lunch. That, that would happen where the server would come and say, hey, we're sorry that little thing got messed up, but uh, the manager said we're just going to take care of that, or you know what, we're going to give you a free dessert, or I'd go to a store and this something happened. And so it became a running joke that I, I was just receiving all these blessings that now anyone in our staff and in our church and my friends, they were like, if we're going to go to lunch, Don has to come with us because maybe we can get the blessing that's on him. And, and so it just became a running joke. And maybe you've had people like that in your life that you've known, or maybe it's happened to you where you just had a run like that. And you're just like, man, this is awesome. Like that happened to me and that happened to me and that happened to me. And, and man, God's just like do, doing thing, one thing after another over and over in your life. And I pray that that happens to you, that as you live your life in God's plans, that you experience that blessing. Because there's a proximity blessing that comes from following God. From being close to God, there's a blessing that follows. And I think about my friends jokingly saying they wanted me to go to lunch from them because they wanted to be in proximity to me because they thought the blessing was, was going to come from, from me and just being around me. And that's not how it works. It's not a person, but it's God. God is a, is a blessing in our life. Uh, he, he provides so many blessings and his favors upon our lives as we, we live our, our life in pursuit of him. But uh, we have to pursue not the blessing, we have to pursue the blesser. Our job is not to build a relationship with God that's all about the transaction, that God, I'm just, I'm going to give my heart to you, I'm serving you just so you can bless me. That's, that's the wrong motive, that's the wrong heart behind it. God wants us to, to uh, devote ourselves to him, to follow him, because he loves us, because uh, he wants us to reciprocate that love. So our love isn't about the transaction of a blessing from God, but it's about the transformation that he brings in our heart. God wants not, not 
things to just be a transaction between you and him. He wants to transform you. He, want to make, he wants to make things new inside of you. And that's the blessing that God has for us. And you're going to be a carrier of God's blessing. God has a, uh, has a uh, all of us has given us a, a blessing in our life so that then we can carry that to other people. It's not just ours to hoard and keep to ourselves, but when we're talking about the relational circles that we're in, you're in a, a circle of influence that God has placed you there strategically. And there's people that maybe know God or serve God, but there's also people in your life that uh, they don't. They don't have a relationship with God. They're, they're maybe far from God, and you're pl- placed there to be a blessing unto them, that God is going to use you in that relationship to make a difference in their life, to transform their life. And you're going to be a pathway and a, and a conduit and be used by God to be a blessing to them. And I think that's, that's important for us to realize, that that's the circle of blessing that we can live in, that God has designed it so that we would live in this circle of relationship and blessing with him. And the foundation of blessing in our life actually goes back to the Old Testament. And it's part of God's original design and his plan and how he he laid things out with his relationship with us. And I want to kind of go through a series of scripture today that focus on God's blessing, but more importantly, they focus on how we can be in proximity to God. Our goal and our focus, again, should be to pursue the blesser, not just the blessing. We're pursuing the blesser. We're pursuing God. We want to go after him. And the result of that is then going to just be uh, the blessing that, that follows. That's going to be part of the journey, and we're going to experience it. But the foundation of our blessing goes back to Abraham. And Abraham was called by God to leave the land that he lived in and go. And, but God gave him this promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. He says, The Lord has said to Abram, Leave your, uh, your native country and relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Man, we talk about God's promises. We talk about God's plans often. And we see this one right here for Abram. Abram was given a promise and a call of God that he started to pursue and that he started to step into at that moment. And that is laid out right there that God uh, had an umbrella of blessing that was going to follow Abraham in his obedience. Uh, God was going to bless him and his family and his descendants and everyone that uh, on the earth. Now, we have to realize that we are grafted in. We are part of Abraham's family. Now, Through Christ Jesus, let me just connect the dots to the New Testament. The sacrifice of Jesus brings us into the family of God so that now we stand in that same blessing that was promised for God. This is what it says in Galatians 3, uh, 7 through 9. It says this, the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. uh, What's more, the scripture looked forward to this time That uh, when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you, so all who put their faith in Christ share that same blessing. 
Abraham received because of his faith. So there it is. We receive the same blessing because of we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Because God is, is continuing the work. It didn't die. It didn't end with, with literally Abraham's family, but it was about the family of God. It was about those that are following his plan. And so God in, is laying that out in, in Galatians here saying, listen, you're blessed. You're blessed because you when you receive Christ and you step into the family of God, and just like was promised to Abraham, you step into that blessing as well. But I think it comes back to what we're seeking and what we're pursuing in our life. We have to keep our eyes focused on what uh, God wants us to pursue. Matthew 6, puts it like this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Man, what a, what a great promise. Right there, it's laid out for us. Our job is to seek the presence of God. Our job is to say, God, I need more of you. God, I want more of you in my life. And I'm going to seek and pursue the kingdom of God in, in every aspect of my life. And I'm going to put that as a priority above other things. I'm going to, I'm going to reprioritize some things in my life to put the kingdom of God and, the, and my relationship with God at the top. And then I'm going to let all the other pieces fit in there. And that's what Matthew 6 is saying is that when you organize and you prioritize your life like that, then God is going to bless you. He's going to give you everything you need. Now, I think the language is important there because you might think, well, you might interpret that or look at that, and you might say, he's going to give you everything you want. Let me tell you, God is not maybe going to give you everything you want, but he is going to give you everything you need. He's going to equip you, and he's going to power you. And we have to realize that our job is just to get into proximity to God. Our job is to get into his presence. Our job is to focus in and, and bring our life every single day closer to him. Our job is to say, God, you know what? I, I know I'm going to work today and, and things are difficult at work and challenging at work, but I want to press into your presence. I want to I put all of that aside. And today, uh, even though I'm going through that or going through this situation or facing this in my family, that God, today I want to press in and I want to pursue the kingdom of God in my life. I want to live with that as a priority. And that's where we see God's favor and blessing follow. I think that's a foundational truth that we got to get a hold of today. It's just this. God's favor and blessing follow those who are in proximity to him. You see, if you're following and pressing into God's presence, you're pressing into his kingdom, then that is going to, you're going to uh, step into his a blessing. You're going to experience his favor in your life. And our job is just to keep our proximity to God as close as we can get it because he is the author and the finisher. He is the one that brings a great blessing in our life. And I can tell you, after years of just following God and times in seasons in my life when I did not follow God and times in my life that I have followed God, I know that there's a blessing and a favor. I've experienced the blessing and favor of following God's plan in my life. I've also experienced this side of where I didn't prioritize it. I didn't put it out in front. And I lived things my own way. And I can tell you that, that I was in a dark place. I was pursuing all the wrong things. I was prioritizing all the wrong things. But when I stepped and I, and I humbled myself and I was obedient and I followed God's plan, that's the place where I put myself then in proximity to God and his favor, uh, his favor followed us. Now, I want to talk about the presence of God. I want to talk about it, how we see it in the Old Testament. And I got a, a few scriptures today, so just hang with me. Don't get lost. I, I, I 
probably have a little more scripture than I should today. I, I don't know if you can say that as a pastor. I don't know. But, uh, but just hang with me because I'm going somewhere with it. And I want you to get it. The reason I, I'm going to hit a couple things is because I want you to get the full picture of how God operated in the Old Testament with his presence. You see, in, Ex- in Exodus, uh, he talked about God wanted to be in proximity to his people, and he wanted the Israelites to understand that he was in proximity to them. So he told Moses to build an ark, the ark of the covenant, the covenant between man and God, and that his presence would reside in the ark. Now, if you've ever seen the movie from the uh, 80s, Indiana Jones, and he is pursuing the ark of the covenant, you know, I always think about that when I think about the Ark of the Covenant. But there was great power. It said that God's presence was resting in this Ark. And it was, it was maybe similar to what you would see depicted in the movies, but probably a little bit different. The Bible describes it. That was a gold chest. That There were heavenly creatures adorned on it. That God gave instruction of how to build it and the size that it should be. But it would symbolize the presence of God and the proximity of God to his people. And he said, listen, I'm going to... Uh, I want you to build it, and then I want you to place it in my tabernacle. Now, at those times, the Israelites are, are traveling. They're a little bit more of wanderers. They haven't established in, a, in the promised land. So they had a tent, and it was called the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. I like to think of it as the first portable church, okay? So we're like Highmark is a portable church. We rent this facility. We bring in trailers, and we unload them and set up. And shout out to our transformation team for making this place look awesome week in and week out. But uh, that was the first portable church the Israelites had was the tabernacle. It was a tent of meeting. They would set up the tent wherever they were at camp, and it was a designated place to keep the Ark of the Covenant. There was a holy of holies that it was kept in, and a place where uh, they, they, they just respected it, and there was great power around it, because God wanted, to, wanted them to understand that his presence was with them. It was through his presence that uh, God blessed them and gave them favor, and we see it all throughout the Exodus and they carry the, the Ark of the Covenant. God gives them the instruction. He says, listen, anytime you're going into battle, as, you, as you're pursuing the promises, I have any time that you go into battle, take the Ark of the Covenant and carry it in front of the armies. And it says that over and over that as the Israelites did that, that God gave them the victory every single time, that they carried that ark in. And I can imagine that the enemies that would come up against, because word obviously spread that the Israelites are carrying the ark of the covenant and God's presence into battle, and they would go forward. And I can imagine that the, the uh, enemies that they would come up against would see that, knowing what, what, that, how they've already defeated so many others. And they would see that and just their heart would sink. They would probably be like, oh, man, we got no chance. We got no chance here. The presence of God is with them and not with us. And I think that we should live our life in that type of victory place, that we should realize that the more we have the presence of God in our life, that he is, it's leading the way, that it's victory in our life. And that's what we see the Israelites, they're carrying that. But one day they just decide, hey, we're going to go to battle with the Philistines. We're going to conquer them. We're going to go for it and take, take their land. And, and we're going to go. But they didn't pray about it. They didn't, they didn't, con- they didn't talk with God about it. They didn't kind of bring God along in this and, and depend on him. But on their own, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 4 that they, they went to battle. And when they went to battle, they were defeated by the Philistines. And in 1 Samuel chapter 4, it says that the ark was actually captured by the Philistines then. It's taken away from the Israelites. The presence of God is taken away. And it says that it was a dark day, that they were devastated and that the, the, they were just uh, 
at a loss for what to do because the Philistines had taken the presence of God away and that kind of alerted them. And actually, it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, there was a woman that was pregnant and gave birth that day, and they named the baby Ichabod. And Ichabod means that the glory has departed, that God's glory has departed, and they signified that moment and that day as God's presence and glory departing from them. So they were putting their confidence in all this form of religion and the process and doing it, but they forgot that they needed to have God's presence with them, and they didn't depend on him. And we have to pursue not just the blessings, but God's bless, uh, but the blesser. We need to pursue not just his blessings, but him himself and pursue him with all of our heart. And I think we can be reminded of this from the story of the Israelites, that God's blessings are not for your own agenda. They are for his agenda. It's for the kingdom of God. So sometimes you might have what you think you need, but God says, listen, I know what you need. I know the plans I have for you. I know what, what you're going to walk through. And he says, I, uh, I'm going to bless you in the midst of that. So God's blessing isn't just for your own agenda. It's for his agenda. So we need to bring him along with us. And so let me tell you what, let me read a couple scriptures of what happens then in 1 Samuel chapter 5. The Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant, they capture it, and it says in verse 1 through 4 of, of chapter 5, after the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Eshdod. They carried the Ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside the idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Eshdod went and, and saw it the next morning, Dagon had fallen to his face to the ground in front of the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back up in his place again. But the next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord again. And this time, his head and his hands had broken off, and he was lying there in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. I think you get a picture right here. Now, you may be like, well, who's Dagon? Dagon was a false god. The Philistines had their own temple and their own god, and they had a false god that they worshipped. He was a god of corn and fertility, and they had a temple erected, and they took the presence of God right into that that evil place and to that temple, and they, they put it right next to uh, Dagon. And Dagon, it says, that it falls down in the, in the presence of God. That, again, it happens the next morning and again, and that the, the statue, the arms and the legs break off in the presence of God. I think, man, we got to realize that when the presence of God is around evil, there's a confrontation that happens. There's a proximity to God's blessing that uh, victory is with you, and that when there's evil, then you're confronted with people that are against God or uh, there's the false things that are around you or evil things around you, that there's a confrontation in the spirit world that happens. That God is saying, listen, uh, he, he will not be, uh, he will not be uh, shown up. He'll not be, uh, you know, overtaken by another God, but there's a su supreme nature to our God. And in the face of darkness, sometimes uh, God's light will just continue to shine through and over and over. I remember talking to a missionary years ago that was in a place where there's not many Christians, and I was able to come and serve and help them and uh, serve in their country and, and where actually Christians were being killed and persecuted. And he said that there, there's definitely people that are going that are just, they don't realize or don't know the name of Jesus, and they, they, they're just indifferent to the good news of Jesus. But he said there's other people that have, carry an evil spirit, that they are serving false gods or they're pursuing evil things in their life. And, 
uh, putting their trust in those things. And he said, when you come around them, they can feel you, that they get a reaction to the presence of God. And I remember that as I was there with him and had the chance to even preach in, a, in an underground church. And as we were preaching in this house, uh, we had a believers gathered, we're worshiping. And I, as I was preaching, even there's people outside throwing rocks at the house. And this, the tin roof of the house is just clinging over and over and over with the rocks being thrown and the glass, the rocks coming through the glass of the house because there's, there's evil recognizes the presence of God. So I think it's more important than ever for us to realize that, hey, the more we have the presence of God in our life, that's where the victory and the power is for us. And so we see right there in 1 Samuel that we see that kind of laid out for us and that when we go through that season in our life, when we go through those times and we go through trials and we go through uh, times in our life when uh, we need the presence of God, we maybe face some challenging situations, our job is to press into the presence of God. And let me tell you, evil cannot stand against the things of God. I think sometimes people elevate what the enemy can do in our life. They put too much power in Satan's hands. But listen, God sent Jesus, that guy on the cross, so that we could have the victory. He sent Jesus so that we could live life and life more abundantly. And let me tell you, that's the victory we stand in, that, that, that uh, disarms the enemy of our life. And so we can have the power. And so what happens is now we're, we see the ark resting. If we continue the story and we see that the the... The ark has been taken by the Philistines, but they get it back. The Israelites get it back, and it's resting in a town. They put it in a town, and we see the blessing is coming to that town. So they decide to move it, and they do it wrong because God had very specific instructions of how to treat and care for the presence of God, that, it, that they needed to follow proper protocol and, and kind of handle it in the right way. And they actually handle it in the wrong way. And Uzziah is a guy named in the Bible. And when the, when the ark shifts and it almost falls, that he puts his hand on to stabilize it. And he says that he was instantly killed. And that's the power of God. Like, it can, it's not to be tamed. It's not to be manipulated or pushed around. It's not something that you, you try to make it your way. But no, instead it's God's way. God has a plan for it. And if we follow the Ark of the Covenant, it has a very uh, cool path that it follows. As you follow it into 2 Samuel chapter 6, we see that King David now is leading the Israelites. And he says, listen, he sees the blessing of the ark, and he says, I need to bring that up into the city. I need to bring it back into the temple of, the God, of God so that we can have a blessing on this nation. And here's what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Then King David was told, the Lord has, every, have, has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there, and he brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. Uh, after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and he fattened the calf. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing priestly garments. And so David and all of the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and a blowing of the ram's horn. They're just, they're having a song right here. This is a celebration of the God's presence being restored to the, to the nation of Israel, into, into the temple. And so this is a song, I like to say, this is a song of ascent. We actually sang, the third song we sang today is called Highlands. And we sang a song of ascent. 
the reason was if geographically the city of David is on a hillside and that they would bring things up. And when people would come from the, their week and from their work, they would come into the temple and they would, they would celebrate as they walked up the hill into the temple. And they would worship God and proclaim his mercies and how great he was. And, and they would lift up his name. And that's what we see. The picture that we see right here is that there's a celebration following the, the ark as it is restored into the tabernacles. There's taken back into the temple, and that people are celebrating that. That's a song of, hey, we're coming up out of the valley, and God's bringing us out, and, and we're, we're going to proclaim the victory in that. And we see that God, uh, if we pursue God over and over in our life, that his blessing is going to follow. And I think that should just kind of ooze out of us. It should come out of us. It should come back to everything that he has for us and everything that he's doing in our life. And we see in 2 Samuel, the, it continues in verses 17 through uh, 17 through 19, it continues. It says, They brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in the place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And when he had finished his sacrifice, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins, and then all the people returned to their homes. I wish there was an ice cream cake in there. Is anybody with me? Come on. But listen, right here we get the picture of them bringing that presence of God back into the place that is meant to be and putting it at the center of their community and back into the, into the temple so that there would be a blessing on their nation. So there'd be a blessing on each and every person. And here I feel like we get a little picture of that because even David, who's, who's, standing in that blessing as the leader of Israel and the king of Israel, uh, he, is, he is passing that blessing on to other people. He's, he's, we see them walking away with bread and cakes, and so real practical blessings in their life. So bring, David brings everyone, to, brings the presence of the tent, and they receive a blessing. And I think that just is a picture of how blessings are meant to work in our life. Our blessings come to us so that we can be a blessing to other people. We get the blessings of God in our life, not so that we can hang on to them or show them off or like, hey, look at this. But those blessings become a tool that we can give to other people. And I think the bottom line is this, that you're blessed to be a blessing. We have to keep that perspective that you're blessed to be a blessing. And that's what, that's what being, in God's proc, being in proximity to God is all about, is that we're not just, we're, we're going to receive the blessings of God, and those are great, and we can celebrate those and enjoy those, and I think that's a natural part of, of life. But we're blessed then to be a blessing to other people, that it should ooze out of us, that it should, be, it should go to other people, that people should experience. Being in proximity to us gives them a, a taste of what the favor and blessing of God looks like. And I want us to be a church like that. David contemplates this. And actually, in Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are written by David. He's meditating on the proximity of God. And he reminds us now that it's not in an ark. Now, God is doing a new thing in the New Testament, so his presence isn't in an in a, in a ark or in a box that they carry around. No, his presence is everywhere. And this is what he says in Psalms 139, 7 through 10. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the of morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. 
David there realizes that it's, it's not the ark, but it's God's presence is everywhere. Today, every one of us has the, pres- has the opportunity to press in to the presence of God. Every one of us has the opportunity to seek first the kingdom of God, to put that at the priority, put, put the blesser at the priority of our life and say, God, I want more that you have for me. I want to live in that blessing. That, that's, that's part of it. But God, I want to I serve you with all of my heart. I want to be all in. I want to kind of go for it. And you know what our job is then? Our job now is to, to do things that take that knowledge of God's blessing and God's, uh, how God's presence works and, and that there's a proximity uh, blessing that comes from serving God. It's not just a knowledge that we have. Our job is to take it from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. Our job is to say, okay, how do, we, how do we live that out every day? How do we pursue God? What spiritual practices can I put into my life so that I... Uh, have my focus and my attention on God so that I have, I I spend time praying. I spend time reading God's word. I spend time worshiping him. I meditate on scripture because God is no longer in the ark, but he's in our heart. He's he's got something that he wants, a blessing that he wants to give to us. And we just have to continually over and over put ourselves back in proximity to him. And I, I, say, I remind us of this today because it's so easy for us to get off course. It's so easy to have all the distractions of the world. It's so easy for our busyness of our schedule and the, the randomness of life sometimes. And the, the, we have to go do this and we run and do that. That, that, thing, that can change the priority in our lives. Those things, we, if we don't make intentional choices in our life, that that can change the priorities that we have. But God says, listen, press into it, step into it. I believe that we'll be a church that experiences the God's blessing in every way. We're a church that's all about every person experiencing God, pursuing their purpose, making a difference. And that, listen, we pray that part of our, our job is to carry a blessing to our community. This church, I, I, our mission, our heartbeat is to find, help people find and follow Jesus. So I pray that we, we lead the way with blessing people around us. That's actually why we have that uh, sign in the lobby with cards. It's like maybe an act of kindness in a way that you just something simple that you can bless someone in your week is just a little way. You can take those cards and you can just bless people. And we just, we just believe that that's a calling of Highmark Church, that we're called to be a blessing to other people. We may not get it back. They may not really understand it at the get-go, but we know that it's a work that God is doing. We understand that we have a proximity to God that we can put other people in proximity to his power and to his presence. And God's called us to do that. And I see a church that carries his blessings to community that when we go to our workplaces and we talk with our coworkers or we talk to our friends and neighbors that we are, we are people that are carrying the presence of God. We're carrying his blessing and favor. And what's going to happen is other people are going to see it. They're going to see the blessings of God. They're not going to always understand it. They're going to think you're lucky. They're going to think that you just have everything together. They're going to think that you just... Uh, you're just smarter than them. And that's not what it is. It's that you've brought your life in alignment and put it yourself in the proximity, in the presence of God. And that is what has 
brought God's favor and blessing on your life. And they're not going to understand it always at first, but that might open the door for you to tell them about the greatest step they can take towards God's favor and blessing and that, that how much God loves them. And that's what God calls every one of us to do, to take that blessing and bless other people with it. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.